But the fact is, the Democrat Party of Kentucky nominated someone for attorney general who has never practiced law in the state, who does not have a license to practice law in the state, and best case scenario, winds up with a reciprocal agreement with Indiana roughly around the time of the election. This is the state of the Democrats. Attention passengers, we ask that you please fasten your seatbelts at this time and secure all baggage underneath your seat or in the overhead compartments. Flyover Country with Scott Jennings is prepared for takeoff. I mean, it's all—it's already asking me for if it wants to send me notifications. Already. Of course, of course it is. Just I, say Already, no. right out of the what, gate. What's your answer? No, do you, not allow. It wants your social secu- security number, too. It's already asking me if... Uh, but you're signed up, right? I'm so, yeah. Every there's lots of folks on. Here. I just took a screenshot of you having zero followers, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably going to like just tweet oh, wait. that at you. Hang on, nonstop. Let me let me find you here. By the way, we are. Um, this is Flyover Country with Scott Jennings, who is uh, now has threads. Well, I'm the first follower. Are you of me? Of you? Unfollow. Oh, unfollow. Wow. Unfollow. <laughs> um, you follow me now. Or no. the sh- I will literally put the show on pause until you follow me. I, Do it. I will not. Do it. I will not. Will you follow me, please? <laughs> He's thinking about it. Uh, you got to like earn it, Joe. Little, I think like one of the problems with my Twitter account is I followed a bunch of people early on, and I, it just took me forever to unfollow them. So I'm a little more <laughs> discerning. <laughs> Do people even know what we're talking about? So there's a there's a Twitter competitor. Yes. Called Threads, Threads. by Instagram, owned by Meta. Mark Zuckerberg. Owned by Zuckerberg. And everybody's joining this, from what I can tell... From my, uh, from my social media is because Twitter is having a, a meltdown. Imploding. But it is it? Is it really? Are they? I feel like this. We go through this every month. Oh, it's finally imploding. What, what but is, it doesn't. For Elon Musk, though, to have somehow convinced people who, who otherwise would have hated Mark Zuckerberg and all of Facebook stands for to somehow say this is the best alternative. <laughs> Is saying something. You take away TweetDeck, and that's going to be the problem. How do people already have this many followers? Gordon Graham. Gordon Ramsay already has (laughs) 50,000 followers. They're all porn bots. Gordon Ramsay is not a porn bot. He cooks. (laughs) You don't know what he does. Are you just mad because you don't have any followers except for Joe? Tony Robbins has 21,000 followers. He's famous. We will check back in one week from tonight to see if Scott has more than one follower on Threads. What's your What's your handle, Joe Arnold? Joe Arnold Report. Joe Arnold Report. But the problem is a little has a, like a little underscores in there. I guess that's from what the whatever the Instagram thing was. Yeah, it just it just moves your Instagram handle over. Sean, what's yours? Sean Southerd K Y Block. <laughs> so my understand, I did read a little bit about. You're the so whole, merciful. Thank you. <laughs> So there's all kind of conspiracy theories about what was going on with Twitter and the whole rate limit stuff over the weekend yeah. and that business. But so I was thinking, you know, and of course the one conspiracy theory was, well, he hadn't paid like for their servers. And you specifically always, hadn't paid. I had not. That Elon had not paid for the uh, yeah the Amazon servers for these. But then he was saying that there are, uh, I guess, question bots. That, anyway, that they're scraping the uh, you know their their the AI. 
on the Twitter. Joe, just keep, just keep, we, just we, stop. So no, he's rolling. No. <laughs> Explain how the internet works. The robots <laughs> were scraping the AI, you know, swamp gas from know, a weather balloon. Is it kind of like, an, I, the like an ice scraper? Is it appear. like an ice scraper or what kind of scraper? Cleaning it with a cloth. <laughs> I do not appear on the CNN news network like you to be able to put up with the kind of constant interruptions to be able to keep my train of thought. But the problem was... <laughs> scraping? It sounds painful. Okay, anyway... Uh, question. Yes. Um, question. Whatever your train of thought is, go for it. Um, so on threads, if I thread something, can I edit the thread? That's why I pay. If you pay eight dollars a month, that's why I pay for Twitter because I want to edit. And I'll be honest with you, I edit almost every tweet. <laughs> I didn't realize that you can edit tweets now. If yes, if you have Joe. a subscription, I don't pay for that. I do, and I I like the that I like that, and I also like the top articles. Feature. I like that you 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 know I first got it because you could get subscriptions th- to other newspapers and other things yeah. through it. But I, I principally like through the, the Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could yeah. You, so you you paid at the time it was eight dollars. This is before Elon. Uh huh. You know, pre Elon, you you paid a fee every month, and it it got you through the paywall of a number of legacy oh. publications. Mm. I did not realize that. So I didn't buy it for the blue check, though I do believe that everyone should be required to verify that they are a real human being in order to have an online presence. I do believe that. Uh, How many talking about some do you have, Sean? Big government requirements there, accounts. Sean. Like fewer than 45. Okay. <laughs> what was your point, Kevin? Just at, Sean, that's a, asking for a lot of personal information out there on the internet. You got to verify who you are. You're asking for DNA collection next? Oh, I got the same handle, at Scott Jennings KY. That's very convenient for me to remember and say. That's that's how it works. By the yep. way, I love it, it. They also have your credit card in the now too. 45 <laughs> minutes we've been talking about this, 17 followers already for Scott Jennings. Really? Yes. He's a hot item. Why are you getting these updates and he's not? Um, Joe's actually Scott's PR man. Ter- Terry, well, Mar- Terry Miner's just following you. Trey Grayson. <laughs> Great. Les Fugit. <laughs> Whitney Westerfield. Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper? Is now following you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Suck on that, Sean. See, you were trying to you were trying to suppress my following. And I, I signed up like three hours ago. I probably have zero followers. Let's check real quick to see. I followed you. Oh, thank you. I followed God, you. God bless you guys. <clears throat> I gave up. I followed you. Thanks. You really held out there for a while, man. Uh, I have one follower according to this. Um, by the way, Scott. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Should, should we talk about what uh, the people want to hear? Well, I have. Well, you have one follower, which is one more law licenses than Pam Stevenson has. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> News of the day. News of the day. We will be getting into a little bit of Hunter Biden, maybe some Supreme Court, maybe a local uh, yeah. newspaper columnist. But yes, this is the uh, this is not a good development if you're running for attorney general and you don't you haven't passed the bar. Once this- again, once again, I have to credit Tessa Duvall and Austin Horn, local journalists. It's like the fourth week in a row, a big shout-out for the journalists. Yeah. The Lexington Herald-Leader. Has, has health frozen over? Uh, I, I have to say they had a co-byline on a story today, Kevin, that says... It says that Pam Stevenson, Democrat nominee for Kentucky Attorney General, is not a Kentucky attorney. She cannot practice law in the state of Kentucky. She is not a member of the Kentucky Bar. She does not have a law license. Her campaign claims she's working on it. <laughs> she is a she is uh she can practice law in Indiana. 
But what I find amazing is that if she were to practice law in Kentucky, it would be a, a crime. It would be a misdemeanor the first time and a felony the second time. What? Now, is, yes. Wow. Is he, this – now, I, I mean, this is a this sincere This isn't like question. the olden days. You can't just amble into a courtroom and say, well, I read a few books. Well, I'll see here. Sean on election law here. Like, this is sort of like the thing – this is my tangent area. Like, you can be Speaker of the House if you're not a member of the House. <sighs> you can be the Pope if you're not a Cardinal. Yeah. Can you be an Attorney General if you're not an Attorney? Well, it says in the Constitution, Sean – you have to be a practicing attorney Correct. for the eight years next preceding the election. It it's it's hard for me to imagine the framers of the Kentucky Constitution would have imagined that practicing law wouldn't have been in Kentucky because there's also a residency requirement. Right. Right. So you have to live in a in a in a citizenship requirement. You have to live and be a, a citizen of Kentucky here. And they had, for attorney generals, the only office that has that extra requirement of needing to practice law, they did not put in in Kentucky. I, I don't know. I'm not – I don't sure. know. I will say this. Not being able to practice law in the state of Kentucky is disqualifying as a political matter. Right. I mean, the Democrats I – mean, this is how much Andy Bashir hates Daniel Cameron's oversight, by the way. He's trying to elect – a Democrat who can't even go to court. <laughs> this is how much he hates Daniel being in court against him. Like, I should get an attorney general that legally, like if she goes to court, she'll have to prosecute herself. <laughs> that's that's how much he hates having an AG like and, Daniel. And she's been she's been running around the state saying that she's going to be the people's lawyer, not our people, the people of Indiana. Like, <laughs> who, who's your lawyer? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so is she licensed to practice she is. In, in Indiana? In, in Indiana, but gotcha. but she yes. has never, never practiced law in the state of Kentucky. So her campaign claims, Kevin, that they're working on it. They're going right. to get it. They're going to get the reciprocity. But the fact is, the Democrat Party of Kentucky nominated someone for attorney general who has never practiced law in the state, who does not have a license to practice law in the state. In best case scenario winds up with a reciprocal agreement with Indiana roughly around the time of the election. <laughs> this is the state of the Democrats. In <laughs> and my just, favorite, my, my favorite, I just want to say one more thing about this, Joe, is my favorite is that, you know, you have to take a test in order to get reciprocity. And apparently it's an ethics test. And that's why. And, and they, so, they her, said, so their defense is, well, she didn't want to take the ethics test. For like 35 years. Yes. Yeah. Or however long it is. It's she like, didn't want to take like, the test. And so was, she finally took it. She finally took it. No, it's the story says it's, there's some sort of ethics exam you have to take. And she yeah. scored, to her credit, a 98. Out of a hundred. Now, but, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But in we the, don't. We don't even know what this test is. Right. First of all, in, in the test defense, an attorney told me today that any of us non-lawyers with about thirty minutes worth of coaching could get a ninety-eight out. So it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it means nothing. So, so not. She didn't even want to go through the process of taking a test that didn't mean anything or was not that hard for a long period of time. To just remove this issue, and I mean, is, can, do we really want someone? Well, my, my question, if I could, is: Are you saying that they literally said that the reason why she did not listen? Let me read it to you. Okay. This is from Tessa and Austin. Okay, quote: According to the Stevenson campaign, she has been licensed in Indiana, but not Kentucky, because the Kentucky Bar Association requires a separate ethics test to become a member. Period. That's ludicrous. Here's the next sentence. Indiana bar admission requirements did not include such a test when Stevenson, a Louisville native, graduated from Indiana University Law School in 1984. 
So she went to be an attorney in Indiana, according to the campaign, as I read it, because they didn't have an ethics <laughs> test and has never become a lawyer in Kentucky because they do have an ethics test. Now, just to be clear on, <laughs> to clear on one thing, and just because let's make sure that everything is taken care of, does the Republican candidate have a law degree? And I'm, is he Kevin, I'm glad you asked. There is yes. somebody else in this race, yes. Russell Coleman. Uh, True. Yes, he is an actual attorney. He's been a member of the Kentucky Bar Association since 2004, almost 20 full years. He's honorably served as the U.S. Attorney for the West District of Kentucky, actually appeared in court. Shocking. And in this case, I mean... In full transparency, everybody around this table, we like Russell, we know Russell, some of us may vote for Russell, but at the bare minimum, he has a Kentucky law license. He can be a Kentucky attorney general because he's a Kentucky attorney. I would say that on those grounds alone, he's favored in this race. That's probably right, Joe. Yeah, I would say in the race for attorney general, if one of the two candidates is legally barred from uh, uh, being in a courtroom in Kentucky. Yeah, I would say that that would be a hamper (laughs) for that particular campaign. You know what's amazing, by the way? I was remembering back to uh, 2019. Far back. When the Democrats uh, recruited that uh, guy to sue Daniel Cameron, claiming he didn't practice law long enough to be. They they were all hot to trot about AG qualifications back then, but uh, they, they seem to be fine with it these days. There's been par- no tweets about it today. No tweets, Sean? I'm, I'm, what I'm, about threads? threads. Uh, no threads, no tweets. I'd like to pull How about on that the, thread. the Instagrams? <laughs> no Instas? Nothing. Hmm. Oh, there's no whole lot of silence. You know what's amazing, though? Let's just say for a minute that you believe that this reciprocity is no big deal. Like, that's yeah. oh, fine, happens all the time, and she gets it. Still, though, the Democrats have nominated someone for attorney general who has never, ever practiced law in the state of Kentucky, who's been on no cases, who's been in no courtrooms. And it strikes me that this, you know, <laughs> the stupidity of this aside, could you literally not find somebody that's practiced law in Kentucky to be attorney general? Apparently not. She didn't even have a primary. She did not even have... A primary. She was personally recruited by Andy Bashir, we've been told. She's Andy Bashir's handpicked candidate. She cannot go into a courtroom. If she by the way, if you're listening to this and you have been represented by Pam Stevenson that she can represent you as a Kentucky lawyer, please call us. Because that is illegal and we would like to report that to the Kentucky Bar. We're just, I good, just want, good citizens here. Well, I mean, look, I don't want people running into courtrooms claiming I mean, you wouldn't want Joe to go down to the, you know, the hospital and start doing heart surgeries. <laughs> we wouldn't that wouldn't be good. It would not be good. So we wouldn't want Pam Stevenson in a Kentucky courtroom which she is completely unfamiliar with claiming to be able to do this that and the other. Wouldn't be good to be represented by a criminal in a court of law. It would not be. No. Not be. Well, good luck, Pam. <laughs> good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> so that's the latest latest on the attorney general's race. Yeah. Yeah. Anything in the governor's race happening? I, I saw a big, speaking of social media, there was a July 4th tweet mm. from the current attorney general, Daniel Cameron. It, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, it was Daniel's biggest tweet of the campaign so far. I Seriously. believe so. Sean, Went viral. Sean, report. More than a million views for what, Sean? The, uh, the attorney general declared that when he's elected governor, he will uh, declare the entire month of July to be American Pride Month. I love it. To celebrate our country. One day is not enough. No. No. All month I long. I want 31. And I like that he picked the longest month. 
31 days to celebrate American Pride. It also Pride. is the month of July 4th, Independence Day. You know what I liked about the tweet? Sit down, John. <laughs> you know what I liked Love about the musical. tweet is that he stood up for America's founding, our founding fathers, That's our right. founding principles, principles. Freedom, liberty, democracy. And believes that America is fundamentally a force for good in the world, that it's not rotten at its core. I thought all of it was terrific. And, then, and the people responded. The Democrats also responded. They did? Oh, they did. No. I did not see Are they this. against it? They are. <laughs> wait, what, wait. What, I missed this. Are what they? Is, what is the argument against America? Just general Democrats just out in the ether just started responding, attacking him for being just a terrible, saying this is, oh, you just want to worship white people. <laughs> and I understand, you know, we're probably going to talk about Joe Girth again, but he was probably there with these people. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that the idea that the governor of Kentucky would declare a month American Pride Month was offensive yes. to Democrats. And we know we know from an Axios poll or Axios report that came out this week that yes. the Democrats are at historic lows in terms of their support of their their patriotism and pride in this country. Isn't it something like 30 some odd percent of Democrats Let me pull are this proud up. Yes. Yeah. to be an American? Let me pull this up because uh, I tweeted it the other day and it got quite a reaction this is before I moved over to Thread. <laughs> it got, it Which got, we did live here earlier tonight. Yeah, it got quite a reaction. Um, it was a survey shared by Axios. Might have been taken by Gallup. I'm not 100% sure. But basically, this is the share of Americans who say they are extremely proud to be American. Republicans, 60% of Republicans say they are extremely proud. Which is lower than what it should be, frankly. Yeah. Uh, back in 2001, it was near 100%, by the way. Do we need to take a poll? What's the, the flyover pod uh, percentage I, of it I being am, extremely proud? I'm not extreme. I'm damn proud. Damn proud. All right. Same here. Democrats. Did you see this? Silence from Joe. Democrats. I, he was, I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> 29%. Only 29% of Democrats say they are extremely proud. 60% of You know what's crazy? The United States over the last, like back in 2001, it was like oh, like 55, 6% of Democrats. Now they're down to 29. What has happened since 2001? The country, the world has gotten more liberal. Everything's gotten more liberal. The media has gotten more liberal. They've kind of gotten their way. Institutions have gotten more. The Republican Party has gotten more liberal on many things. The world has bent to their desires. All conversations are hijacked by and they're still the liberal. Mad. Fr- and they're still, they have the president. Yep. They have the Senate. They've got the cocaine in the White House. <laughs> and they're still mad. Like, why are you mad? The world is bending to your slope. You know what? It's not happening fast enough. Their misery is that it's taking too long. I we, guess. We've all known children who aren't satisfied. I mean, it's, the why, more you give, the more you owe. Well, why wouldn't you be extremely proud to be an American? What would you rather be? Canadian? What's left of it? A lot of smog. It's all on fire. What, would, you rather be, would you rather be French? No. It's also all on fire. I've never wanted to be French. I mean, what, what else would you rather be? Well. What would you rather be? I would hope that given the international experiences throughout history, but even over the last 20 years you're talking about, there's never been a better time to be an American and to recognize American exceptionalism yes. and to be extremely proud. And all you have to do is spend a little bit of time in some of the other nations that have gotten the headlines to understand that we are still freedom, that we are yeah. still liberty, and we are still a, a nation of laws. And does it get messy sometimes? Absolutely. But the rule of law 
always triumphs in the end. And regardless of, of where you are on the political spectrum, there is, I, I don't see, if you're in this nation and you're an American, first of all, you're blessed. Mm. And I, I, I can't see any reason not to be extremely proud. And everything you just said is the reason that we fight so hard. When there's a problem, we point it out because we want to protect this great American experiment right. that's been going on for 237 Absolutely. years. The truth is they are embarrassed mm-hmm. to be Americans. That's the truth. They're embarrassed by, I mean, just listen to them. They're embarrassed by our founding. They're embarrassed by our founding fathers. They're embarrassed by our Constitution. They hate it and want to change it. They're embarrassed by, you know, what what the core of what makes us the great republic that we are. They're embarrassed by all of it, and they think it should be destroyed and ripped out, root and branch, and thrown away, and we should start over with some leftist, Marxist, hippy-dippy baloney. Well, to your point earlier about the the general tilting of the last quarter century, I mean, it has been the Europeanization of this of this country, unfortunately. And the good news is that there are people who still understand constitutional principles and American ideals. And thankfully, we do have Independence Day this past week to remind us of those things. And it's so amen to the idea of of expanding that Independence Day to Independence Month. You know, let's 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 take pride in our country the entire month long, and but in the meantime, though, I I, I am con- I I can be concerned about our country, while still being proud of it, right? Mm-hmm. I can be concerned about the Europeanization that's going on. I, I did a panel on CNN earlier this week, and I gotta I gotta look it up. Ron Brownstein, who I know and we get along, but he has written this piece, and the whole point was like America is, like. Ripping itself apart. It's not clear how the country can go forward. This is all because of the Supreme Court, right? Yes. And that's what I said. I said, you know, this is, it's amazing to me that liberals, when like one thing doesn't go their way, right? The country cannot survive. They throw a temper tantrum. It's a tantrum. And they're like, what do you think about that? I'm like, well, look, I, I don't love everything that every politician does all the time, but I believe in the American people and I believe in our country. Well, the great news is, in terms of the Supreme Court, is that when the Supreme Court asserts the separation of powers and they say that, that the Congress has a role in establishing policy and, and law and the court has a, a limited role and, and not, to, not to exert itself and its own political sensi- sensibilities on that, the, 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 our nation of laws, then... That to me is the. It, I mean, they're, they're upset about this because they, they 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 want this trumping to going on. They, right. they want this, you know. That, well, because Congress is never going to act, we need the Supreme Court to step in the breach. Well, that's not the way this to, was to designed. be some enlightened super legislature right. that can overrule Congress when things get messy. You're exactly right, Joe. They want somebody to come in and force their will, like has happened in the past, right. without any sort of respect for the rule of law, the Constitution, or the text of the laws actually passed by Congress. Let me say a couple of things. One, enlightened super legislature will be an amazing name for a band. Number two, <laughs> here was the opening graph of Brownstein's piece. Okay. As the United States marks its 247th birthday, questions about how many more the nation will celebrate in its current form have become ominously relevant. What a bunch of bull crap. <laughs> what? That's what the opening graph He's is. questioning the existence of this nation? Possibly not since the two decades before the Civil War has America faced as much pressure on its fundamental cohesion. 
And he goes on to, here he's nominating, uh, or quoting a, a dean and a professor emeritus from the University of Maryland. Can't recall a time when we've had such fundamental friction. We've had all kinds of friction in this country over the years. Everything else has been hunky-dory between the Civil War and right now. Uh, it, it's, and you know, and here, Ron's animating item these days, here it is. Behind almost all of these challenges is the same larger force, the mounting tension between those who welcome the propulsive demographic and cultural changes reshaping 21st century America and those who fear or resent those changes. Basically, he's saying America got too many racists in it to survive. That's Ron's view. The urgent demands for greater opportunity and inclusion from traditionally marginalized groups, from black to LGBTQ people, and the ferocious backlash against those demands that Trump has mobilized in his MAGA movement demonstrate how fraught the passage has become. I will promise you this would not have been written had the Supreme Court not tossed out affirmative action. That's right. That is that and then this website case. Yeah. Creative 303, whatever. Like those things <laughs> it it caused a meltdown. These are the most uncontroversial cases of the term. The affirmative action case, 80-20 issue. The American people do not want it and have not wanted it. Yet that 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 is the evidence that the country is falling apart. And in the Colorado case, on the website case, it's a free speech case. Yep. And the and the idea that the state cannot compel your speech has been a tenet of American speech law for a hundred years. Which you're comfortable with until the people are saying things that you don't like. That case was amazing because to hear the people on TV tell it, that lady with the website company ought to have to say what the state of Colorado tells her to say. But what if the shoes were on the other feet? What if, uh, I don't know, some white supremacist group shows up and asks an African-American website designer or baker or artist of or some anyone, kind? Or anyone. And says, I want you to put a bunch of hateful language on a cake or, or on a website. or mm-hmm. Im- Yeah. Are you telling me that the state should have to compel that person to do it? It's crazy. It's crazy. The state cannot compel your speech. It's fundamentally American. The idea that we have free speech but not compelled speech. Mm-hmm. Boy, they went crazy. And then everybody ran to the televisions, Sean, and completely misstated the facts of the case. Yep. Went crazy about the inquiry that, right. you know, right. here's the deal. These cases have stipulated facts that everybody agrees on. Yep. Which no one read. <laughs> this was not an accommodations case. This was a speech case. Can the can the state compel your speech? This affirmative action, I've got to tell you, some of the stuff that was said, <laughs> shockingly racist mm-hmm. against Asians, Asian Americans. Shocking. They're New York Times. Well, this guarantees that universities will become whiter and more Asian. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, come on. What? They, the, the open... Warfare and hatred for Asian Americans from the left. By the way, I looked it up. In 2020, the Asian American population voted two to one for Joe Biden. And today, they have to listen to him and the rest of his party say, yeah, we really, really need to discriminate against the Asians. Got to do it. Just has to be. We can't. America won't survive unless we discriminate against the Asians. I hope they're listening. You voted for it. Hope you're listening. I don't know. 
I thought I just some of the con- people went crazy about this stuff. So what? Let me ask you this question because we know that at least I I, I think we agree that Roe v. Wade was a factor in the midterm elections. You agree with that? I mean, yes, many things were a factor. Right. So do, do these cases have any what, – what are the political implications of these cases? Uh, great question. I mean, it's a long way from the election. Um, you know, the affirmative action case was an 80-20 case. I mean, right. the Supreme Court did what the American people wanted it to do. Right. So to me, the question is if you're out banging the drum for the 20% position, I would think that would be hurtful to you. Like it wouldn't – you you know – Independent voters would say, whoa, 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 I don't agree with that. Right. And on another case, the, the student loan debt case that we have talked about in the past, I mean, everybody thought this was going to get struck down, struck down. Even Nancy Pelosi went out and said, the president definitely does not have the ability even, to do this. Even Joe Biden. Originally. Originally said, I can't do it. And Nancy. Let's hear it. People think that the president of the United States... Is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know? People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. Now, that was July 2021. She's been saying this for two years. Biden said it in a CNN town hall around the same time. And then he went and did it anyway. Then the Supreme Court knocks it down. I love it, by the way. Roberts quotes Nancy Pelosi in the opinion. But then they knock it down, and Biden's like, stunning development. This is not a normal court. And it's the Republicans' fault. Well, first of all, no Republican made you do something so blatantly unconstitutional that you yourself said it couldn't be done. Politics is politics, and you kind of roll with these things. But I will tell you that I, I was angry. When I heard the president at the, behind the podium that day, because it was so demagogic, cynical, so cyn- exactly mm-hmm. cynical. dishonest. Mm-hmm. His oh. his education secretary said that the Supreme Court overruled the will of Congress. No. Congress, who has said no, we're not canceling student debt. To, and to be clear about this, even though I would disagree with it, if Congress wants to go about this and bring up the, the a bill and and yeah. and pass it. Then by all means, like, you have, they you have, created, you have, they created pr- the student loan program. That, right. They can change it. You have a president who will sign the bill, so then pass the bill. The coverage of all this was crazy. It was like, huh, this court is not allowing Joe Biden to do the things he promised to do. Well, just because you promised to do something doesn't make it legal or constitutional. Joe Biden could actually do what he promised to do thank, if he passed a law. Thank God for the U.S. Supreme Court and the separation of powers and our constitutional republic in which we live. I love America. I'm extremely proud. And, that's, and it's Joe is going to celebrate American Pride Month. All year long. <laughs> because A year. Not even one month. American Pride no. Year. But because this is what, this is the way, this is the, the our, way our founders designed it. Well, they're bad. Remember. Well, sorry. Well. Never forget. And while we're here, thank God for Mitch McConnell and the other Senate Republicans who stood up to the mob. And put three of those Supreme I, Court justices on the bench. I just want to say one more thing about the student loan thing. <clears throat> did you all see Biden get asked if he had given people false hope? I did yes. see that. Yeah. About this. And his righteous indignation and say, I absolutely did not. I'm like, you are literally the biggest liar. You are the worst. Like, we literally have so much footage of you saying that you could not do this. The left is raging about this. But if this were allowed... <laughs> The amount of regrets that they would have. If this were allowed, 
Imagine. That's the thing. They, they envision, because they have the White House, a dictator that goes around doing all of the things they want done, assuaging all of their concerns with a wave of a hand, decrees, you know, royal decrees coming down from on high and punishing of our enemies and give me this and let's do that. They, it's like they cannot see past their own nose. He might not be the president in a couple of years. A Republican might be the president. And if the president could do this, guess what? They can do a lot of things. It's, and they may, and you may not like it. It's it's Harry Reid blowing up the filibuster. Right, again. right. I mean, it's you think they would learn, but they never do. They never do. I do wonder about the this chapter in American history and how it will be remembered. And certainly this is all COVID-era uh, autocracy. Yeah, at this point, this is a situation to say we are going to decree by executive order this or that. We're going to shut these things down. You can't go to church. You can't go to school. You, you we're going to and these this whole loan forgiveness thing was all part of COVID, right? Yes. It started that way, and then yeah. it just turned into a vote buying scheme to buy Democrats to go vote for him in the midterm. And by the way, Donald Trump bears some responsibility. He started the mm-hmm. delay, right? Yeah. But the but the debt forgiveness is a different. It's an expansion, yes, of what you're talking it's, about. It built upon but it. But the idea of just wiping it away is a that's a Bernie Sanders fundamental. And aren't pillar. they weren't they using like a, a law passed the a, a national Act security with nine eleven? Right. Yes, yes. It was, isn't it, that an it insult? It was the Heroes Act to to those people. Yes. The exact. I mean, that's what I just I cannot wrap my head around. And ultimately, the people who do owe money and entered into these loans and these agreements on their own volition, unfortunately, have been put in, they've been led astray. They have been given false hope, Sean. And I think studies will show that they have changed their their spending habits. They they weren't bankrolling that extra money. that they, Otherwise, they'd be paying for the student loans. So basically, they haven't, so they, they, all you've done is you've, you've extended the amount of time into your life that you're going to be paying off your student loan because of all this whole scheme in the first place. I'm just going to tell you something. I've, I I know somebody who uh, who, <laughs> who started to get the uh, the loan pause whenever that happened back in the day. Then they started to get the loan. They got the loan forgiveness program started. And you know what this guy did? Bought a boat. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "I'm banking this." Bought a boat, and I'm going to put it towards the boat. And and I was just talking to this guy the other day, and he was like, oh, "I guess I'm going to have to sell my boat." Thanks, Joe Biden. Thanks, Joe and Biden. And so, like, and like, <laughs> you just, like this Joe is, Biden this sunk is my a, boat. <laughs> this is this is a good guy, but like, you think about like how many other people are out there that might have done something similar. There's a lot of silly money out there. And then for 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 the president to then compare this to the PPP program, uh, it's the worst. It's well, just it's disingenuous, dishonest. We're literally going to shut down the whole entire economy. I'll and tell you, I'll tell you continue paying your employees. However, you who signed up for a program in non-pandemic times, fully understanding, at well, least you signed it saying you fully understand. And the difference there, Congress passed a law. Correct. And let me tell you something else about the PPP program. Not only did Congress pass a law, they begged American banks yep. and American companies to do it. And essentially, banks and companies became... Essentially, satellite unemployment offices. What right. what happened is the government, because they didn't want they the, the the country could not handle all of the people who would have been put on unemployment, like the system wouldn't handle it. So they give companies this money to pass through to their employees. The only way you get it 
is if you don't lay anybody off. So essentially, every company became an unemployment satellite office. So the money comes into the, the bank, gives you the money. You then immediately give it to your workers. But to hear Joe Biden tell it, like all these people are just pocketing this money and running off with it, that's not what happened. But the government, this wasn't that long ago, passed a law and begged, mm-hmm. begged. They were on TV begging people to do it. And now the government is beating you about the neck and face for having done what your government asked you to do. One of the worst things to come out of this is I'm sitting here going, well, why would anybody ever participate with the government again? The next time the government comes out and says, we really need you to do this. Oh, why? So Joe Biden or some a-hole like Joe Biden can then use my participation. You beg me to do this, so they're going to use my participation against me? No, I'll let them go wait in Andy Bashir's unemployment line. I, it that that would have been the if if people hadn't done this, yeah. the unemployment lines, which were nasty in Kentucky, would have been much longer, and they would have been much longer everywhere. The program actually worked, but there was some fraud. Well, I was going to say that's the there one problem. That kind of it was rampant fraud, but but that's it, that's but, being but not, prosecuted, but but not the people who followed the rules. Yeah, the people and, who followed the rules and, and and answered the call. But to me, it just. You've got a world where people don't trust the government. They don't trust institutions. You beg them to take part in a program. They do it. And then the president of the United States shames them and attacks you. Attacks you. Why would you ever trust or participate with the government ever again? When the president has said, I will do anything to demagogue you if it gains me an inch. It is a nonsensical argument. It is dishonest. It is cynical. I got to tell you, I don't know what's going to happen in this presidential election. You cannot vote for Joe Biden. Somebody this dishonest and cynical and nasty, nasty. What he did on this was immoral. And it wasn't the only immoral thing he did last week, was it? Well, got to fill me in. Did you guys read the New York Times last week? This last weekend, about Joe Biden's four-year-old granddaughter. Mm, Is she his granddaughter? Because he doesn't admit it. (sighs) He puts up a stocking for the dog, but not for her. The New York Times, neither Hunter Biden, who fathered this child, nor Joe Biden, her grandfather, has ever met this girl. And the girl, according to the reporting, knows that her grandfather is the president and that her father is the president's son. Which, by the way, these are facts that are not in question. They're not. No one disputes it. But the entire story dripping with jaw-dropping paragraphs. They had strategy meetings in the White House. So think about this. Taxpayer-funded government staffers. So we pay these people. Went to a meeting to decide about how Joe Biden should not acknowledge his own granddaughter? Does this not make your blood boil? The empathetic Joe Biden, the family man Joe Biden, families at the core of everything Joe Biden. These people are monsters. This girl has two grandfathers, Joe Biden, who won't acknowledge her, and her mother's father, who says in the New York Times she will want for nothing. He is a stand-up guy. Joe Biden, monster. Hunter Biden says on the record he doesn't even remember when she was conceived. 
Can you imagine having a four-year-old child? I was talking to a reporter about this this week, and he said, well, do you think there, should, there, there could be some sympathy for the Bidens? Because, you know, so many people get wrapped up in addiction and they do things. I'm like, you know, no, because so many families, here's what happens. Somebody gets wrapped up in addiction and they have a child, and guess who ends up picking up the slack? The grandparents. Yeah. Everybody at this table knows somebody who's done that. Yep. And in this story, yeah, I have sympathy for the little girl's maternal grandfather. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden is doing the opposite of what other real families do, which is grandparents often step in and handle it. Right. The fact that Joe Biden hasn't ordered his ne'er-do-well son to take responsibility for that little girl, the fact that he hasn't invited her and her family from that side, to the White House to say, you know what? We're Bidens. You're all honorary Bidens. We're all Bidens. You deserve to see this. You know who I am. We deserve. Can you imagine the goodwill he would get from the American people for just being a not a monster? So this reporter's question is the premise of this is that this four-year-old is too much of a reminder of Hunter Biden's past mistakes. Is that the sort of the premise here? Is, mean, that, is that you shouldn't have to deal with children who are the byproducts of, of, of a bad period in your life? Well, the Bidens think they lucked out because this this suit, it was basically a child support suit. It was going to trial. And it's in the news this week because they settled that it's not going to become you know a political liability for him more than it already is. So his team tamped this down and tried to settle it out of the public eye. Again, not to admit. So she wanted... The Hunter Biden, she wanted it. The girl should be named Biden. They right. they took that away, mm-hmm. and in lieu of getting the name, I can't even believe this. Is, <laughs> we're going to say that Hunter Biden agreed to give the little girl some paintings that he made. And the New York Times helpfully pointed out sometimes they sell for five hundred thousand dollars. Well, guess what? Nobody from China is going to buy your paintings, Hunter Biden. When you've given them, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but they ain't going to be worth anything. When they come off the influence peddling market. This is one of those, again, history book type thing. Later on, I read this 20 years, 50 years from now, you're like, wait a second. So the president's son said, in, in lieu of, of, of actual full child support, I'm going to paint some paintings. Yes. And of questionable value in the first place, other than for people Awful. who want to you know, uh, parlay some favor with your father, <sighs> right? So she doesn't it, get the name. She gets these paintings. They have no relationship. She doesn't have a father. And for all of our country's problems that are related to a lack of men standing up for their responsibilities, oh. the lack of, of – of, I mean, first of all, thank you dads overall for what you do. But unfortunately, much as far as the breakdown of the family and, the, and, and not having a strong parental or father figure, thank goodness for her maternal yeah. grandfather for being there to offer that. But to your point – for Joe Biden not to hold his son responsible hold here. Hold your own son accountable. And it, not just that, but to say, oh no, I am a forgiving, I'm a forgiving father because I'm gonna bring him back into the fold and I'm so proud of him. What does that say to the I'll, American people? I'll tell you what it says. It says you can become a crack addict, you can influence pedal, you can take in millions of dollars and not pay taxes on it, you can father children out of wedlock, you can break laws, you can be immoral, and you can be generally a complete and total loser. But as long as you are the rich son of the President of the United States, the rules don't apply to you. That's what it says. What did the President say this week, Kevin? This was at a 4th of July event. He, he had a thing to say about America's kids. 
children are the kite strings and not somebody else's children. They're all our children. Are the kite oh, are strings they? and lift Everybody our They're all little, our children. They're all our children. Except that little girl who he's cut loose. They don't even put up a stocking for her. They put up a stocking for the dog. Let me, by the way, if you have a student loan and you're out there thinking, oh, Joe Biden, he really cares about me. He wants to get rid of my student loan. Let me tell you something, buddy. This cat won't even acknowledge his own granddaughter. He doesn't give a crap about your student loans. You're a pawn. You're a mark. You're a political mark is what you are. This guy, black heart, empty, whole, hard to believe. It, I, I couldn't believe what I read in the New York Times. Could not believe it. And by the way, good on them for reporting it. Mm-hmm. Finally. So journalists from Lexington and New York, congratulations. Yes. Excellent work. Are there is there any political fallout from this? Well, the other stuff going on with Hunter Biden, I don't think we really had a chance to talk much about it. But this settlement, did we talk about it last week? The settlement he got with the Department of Justice over his misdeeds. Oh. I mean, yeah. the, the slap on the wrist I, would be putting it pretty mildly. I mean, honestly, it's like and 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 what's they lay everything off on this addiction. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he was an addict. <laughs> okay. That doesn't mean you don't have to take responsibility for the things you did. In fact, I believe in most of the the 12-step programs, taking responsibility and accountability for what you did is a a key to all of it. Here's his 12-step program. The 12 steps from the door going into the South Lawn of the White House out to Marine One. He gets to take 12 steps out to the chopper. And then they jet off to Camp David. Whatever. He gets to attend fancy foreign leader dinners at the White House. It, it, what with, was amazing. He just calls those potential new clients. So so he has to have a settlement with the Department of Justice over all of his criminal misdeeds. And that night, he's at the White House for the India State Dinner, where mm-hmm. Merrick Garland was. Joe Biden told the American people exactly the truth that night. When you're rich, when you're a star, they let you do it. That's what he told the American people. When you're Hunter Biden... When you're my son, when you're a rich white guy, when you're in office, they let you do it. That's what he told us. That's what he told the American people. I have not followed it closely enough to understand, so this is a a, a dangerous question. But so where does this stand then because of the whistleblower that came forward and talked about the, uh, the, the problems with the DOJ not pursuing this more aggressively? Is this, is this then, I guess, in, is this in, James Comer's uh, committee? Yes. Yeah. The Congress is still looking into this. Uh, and Jamie Comer, I mean, he has all Fr- the bank Friend records. of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. But he has all the bank records. What is irrefutable at this point is that Hunter Biden was demanding payments from foreign rich people, oligarchs, foreign companies, China, Romania, Ukraine. And he's like texting them. I'm sitting here with my father. We will destroy you if you don't send us millions of dollars. And then there were a number, maybe dozens of shell companies. That were all linked to other Biden family members. Yep. Then and the money goes in. This the, is irrefutable. The money is showing up, and they're actually not performing any they have no, service. No skills. They have, they have no offices. They produce no goods or services. Why are they taking in money? So they a reasonable person would conclude. Name. Exactly. I mean, so the only <laughs> thing they have going for them is the then vice president of the United States. Or, uh, I guess, ex-vice president of what was happening during the, the Trump years. But regardless, it, it, was, it, is, it is the definition of influence peddling. It is the definition of corruption. And Comer is on it. I get the feeling the, 
the window is cracked on Hunter Biden here a little bit. I got it. I've heard from a number of people after that. That New York Times story, people were disgusted mm-hmm. by it. Even Democrats, I think, were like, man, I don't want to defend this. But to your point, as far as the direction this goes, there does seem to be this this dividing line of of there are some media now who are reporting this. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we come a long way. We've come from anything said about Hunter Biden is Russia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's Russia disinformation. And now we're actually admitting the truth. The laptop was real. The little girl is real. They are monsters. They are influence peddlers. They take in millions of dollars from shady characters all over the world for God knows what reason. The truth has actually now been admitted. But from a PR standpoint, the only way to counter this from the Bidens is he's an addict. He's, yeah, he's, well, he was an he's, addict. He's in treatment, half sympathy, correct? Their, their, their move here is, well, anyone with addiction knows people do bad things. Well, okay. But that doesn't absolve you of accountability and responsibility. These aren't average citizens. They're the president. But to have Hunter Biden running around the White House, running around Camp David, going to state dinners. You see the other story in the New York Post this week? They got another video. Hunter Biden driving to Las Vegas 172 miles an hour while smoking a crack pipe. Yep. But all of that By the is- way, this is the smartest man. Joe Biden. That I know, according to Joe Biden. Smoking a crack pipe while driving 172 miles an hour to Las Vegas, apparently to have an orgy in a hot tub, according to the reporting. In fact, the orgy was so voluminous that one of the women in the whole text thread about it was like, I think you have too many girls in the tub. (laughs) I mean, the the smartest man. The orgy was so voluminous. The smartest man I know, Hunter Biden, according to Joe Biden. It's outrageous. But just at a human level, this little girl, God bless America. Joe Biden, the next time I hear him chastise somebody over empathy or family values or sympathy for this or what, just understand it's all a con. It's all an act. It's all BS. Well, to your point earlier, Sean, about just his response when he was asked about giving false hope, the question after that, as far as the righteous indignation, was about um, the the pullout, the the, uh, the tragedy in Afghanistan, and he and and he on that is, I mean, he completely lost his his temper there and his gasket there. So I, I'm just saying he's. This is probably what we're looking at for the next year. I just is think he more lives. challenging questions and him just saying. And he lashes. Stop it. I yeah. just, I just think he like lives in this alternate universe. I'm still not convinced he's going to be the nominee. I predicted that several weeks ago. I, I think, mean, the, I the think buzzard, Gavin, Gavin Newsom. The Gavin, buzzard is circling Gavin Newsom. He he so. was out with a splashy PR campaign today yeah. for his uh, proposed 28th Amendment <laughs> to yes. the Constitution. Speaking I, of I did not hear law, about this. To do, oh, you did to do what? Uh, it's a gun control amendment. Oh. So he will uphold the the second amendment by adding new, uh, raising the age to purchase a firearm, adding wait periods, and a whole bunch of other liberal propaganda well, into the Constitution. I'll just say at least he's going to do it, or at least trying to do it through a constitutional process versus through executive order. This, I'm a, this I'm is a, how it starts. I don't I don't approve of this. Of the I wouldn't vote for said measure. But I'm saying is at least that's isn't that crazy though that like where we are is like let's yeah. praise the Democrats <laughs> for you know what for using, following regular order for, yeah like, <laughs> it's amazing you know uh, I just by the way have you all seen the Atlantic have you seen the Atlantic piece on RFK Jr. 
I've not. It's out there. No. Oh my gosh. Yes, I read the Atlantic, and it's an amazing piece. I saw him doing push-ups like Vladimir Putin. Right. <laughs> I, by the way, he's he is married to an actress. Yeah. I had no idea. Cheryl Hines from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh-huh. I had no idea. Putin been, is no. Yeah. <laughs> RFK. What's your, was a joke. Well, what's, yeah, your, what's your pronouns? La- Larry David even put you out a statement when he announced his campaign. Or is yeah. that right? He said, uh, well, I support him. I mean, like, I don't support him, support him, but, like, I love him and I support him. It was uh, the most Larry David statement ever. But this whole, you got to read it. It's What's it about? He's a crazy person. <laughs> I mean, he's legitimately a No. Nut. Really? A nut. And, and you the, needed an article from The Atlantic to tell you that? I mean, I knew it. I just love to see it delineated the way it was. And he's, he's pulling at 20%? I'm... <laughs> If a legitimate, my point in bringing this up was, if a legitimate Democrat actually got into this race, by the way, there's other reporting this week. So the Democrats change their primary, a lot of folks don't realize this, they change their primary Mm -hmm. calendar. South Carolina, according to the DNC, is first. But New Hampshire will will not relent. So there's going to be a primary in New Hampshire, and Biden will not be on the ballot, and I guess RFK is going to win it. (laughs) Which, or maybe Newsom. Or if some other can, smart person were to quit, get in, quit leaving just in case our girl Marianne Williamson out. It's just it's crazy over there. There's a lot of Democrats that don't want this. No, they're disgusted by it. But at this point, if you're Kamala Harris, you're saying what gives, <laughs> right? And this this is the well, she can't ditch him. That's the whole point. Is she's being she's being frozen out. This is the whole conspiracy here. Meanwhile, you got Pete Buttigieg and. Mitch Landrew and all these people just being like, oh, God. Yeah. We're going to go on this music festival tour that we posted this week about. Oh, I saw that. There's a bunch of, by the way, there's a bunch of polling out. I mean, the swing state polling. I mean, Trump is beating Biden right now in these swing states. I mean, it's, I'm telling you. And, I, you know, you say this on TV, the Democrats are like, well, you have always, Joe Biden's always underestimated. He always is underestimated. Maybe, maybe he will be. I don't know. I think he's in trouble. I think he's in trouble. He'll just, he'll just strap that CPAP machine on. No one's happy. It, it, Biden, the theory of Biden in 2020 was we got to get rid of Trump and this sure. sounds fine. Yeah. But now there's like, okay, what did he do? No one's happy. No one's happy with the economy. No one's happy with inflation. No one's happy with the border. No one's happy with the direction of the country. Like, no one's happy. Who's happy with this? Nobody's happy. I think there's just also this embarrassing. He has Bidenomics. It's the best (laughs) thing that's ever happened. That is true. There's also just this element of guys, he's just old. Like he just He's old. He just is old. And mean. I think that's what we've established tonight. You know what? He's a mean old old man. He he wants to be portrayed as like a friendly old grandpa. No. But you can't be a grandpa if you don't acknowledge your own grandchildren. <laughs> and so I, do, I guess he's not going to be friendly either. I do think at some point, and maybe now is the time where the whispering is going to get to him because people <laughs> think it's creepy. Joe, Joe's doesn't hurt anybody. Have you signed up for my threads? <laughs> <laughs> Any seen Red Herds? Uh, yes, I have a scene. Yes. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. What are you going to announce? I went to, on July the 4th, I took uh, one of my children who wanted to go to see Indiana Jones dun, 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 dun. and the Dial of Destiny. Dun, 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 they had the music. Here's the problem with Indiana Jones. Oh, I'm not going to give away anything. I'm just going to, this is a visual movie critic statement. The movies look like shit. I'm just, <laughs> and here's why, because they basically rendered by computers and not the way they used to shoot Indiana Jones, which was like, oh. It's gritty. It's in the desert. You need real giant boulders. Here's a real snakes and whatever. Yeah. 
it looks like. I'm sorry. I just, it's, and by the way, it's also a Disney product now, not a Paramount product. So like when the movie starts, it doesn't even look like an, like the old uh-huh. Indian with the, with the Paramount. Yeah. That's yeah. all gone. Uh-huh. I'm not going to spoil it. And here's the thing. You I, know, you know who sounds like a crotchety old man now? <laughs> Scott Jennings. That I like movies not to look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just I want I want it to look like Indiana Jones. I, okay. They did use the and this is not a spoiler. They did use the face de aging. Yeah, that was well known on part of it. How but it they look? didn't. But here's the thing: they did not de age his voice. So it was like Joe's voice, but coming out of Sean it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Freaky Friday, where you all I don't know who traded. should be more offended about that. Should, should Joe Biden. <laughs> And so, and so I, um, I'm glad, look, I love Indiana Jones. I, I'm glad it's, it's, it's better than the, uh, Crystal Skulls, which I don't even, I pretend like that doesn't even exist. Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty low bar that it's got to hop over. Yeah. But it was, I don't know. I just hate, I just want the movies to look like the, the authentic Indiana Raiders style. I just mm-hmm. want it. That's what I want it to look like. Give it another 10 years of AI and they'll do it over again and they'll just repurpose all that and it'll look like it should. I don't know, man. Put it through that filter. I think we may have already lived through the golden era of awesome on-location shoots. Uh, what year were you born, Sean? Uh, 93. Same. So a new survey found that of all generations, those born between 1981 and 1996 are the biggest culprits of lying in the workplace and on social media. I'm just kidding. That's not when I was born. That's I totally lied. <laughs> Wait. I, I was born in 79. If you were born between 81 and, and 96. Yeah. That's if a big gap. That's a big period. These are the millennials. Oh, of course. 15 years of liars. But wait, you haven't met these new people, though. Really, have you? <laughs> They're worse. Wait, when was Joe Biden born? Because he's got to be in there somewhere. That was off the chart. So the, what did they say? We're, just, we're uh, liars? Anyone. The findings show this, this is the online casino Playstar surveyed 1,306 participants. This I'm is sorry, an actual survey. An online casino? Yeah, that's right. Okay. <sighs> what were you right. doing on an online casino? This is from the New York Post. Oh, okay. Findings showed millennials were the worst offenders, 13% copying to being dishonest at least once a day. By contrast, only 2% of baby boomers, those born between 46 and 64. Wait a minute. They're asking people if they lie once a day? Mm-hmm. Who are they lying to? Online, Who are the real social liars? Media? Those that don't acknowledge oh, that they yeah, lie. Yeah, they're self asking they're, you to self-report your own lies. They're making crap up about themselves on Instagram That's and right. now threats. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what it so is. So wait, what's this? What's read the read the lie again? It seems the workplace is the house of lies. Two and five millennials revealing they have lied to the boss to avoid embarrassment in the workplace. Oh. Scott, don't ask me about those reports. I turned it. Kevin. <laughs> Almost a quarter of millennials and one in five Gen Z said they have lied on social media this year to try to impress people. That's a that's a lie. They have all done it. They've all done it. <laughs> that yeah. in and of itself is a lie. I think this whole study's a lie. You know, that's I, what I think. <laughs> I mean, what are, is the truth, really? <laughs> that is right. Lies, damned lies, and statistics. <laughs> you got it. So anyway, there's my there's there's You know who's hardest hit by this? Less Fugit. Less Friend of the millennial. pod, but he, he he's gotten two shout outs tonight. But less less pretends not to be a millennial. He claims he's not. He totally is. But he is. Sorry, Les. Poor guy. And to be clear, I am not a boomer. What are you exactly? I'm Generation X. What? You are? What are you? Wait, what is the period for that? It begins Isn't that at what you are? 65 and uh, goes to 80? Yes, yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm 77. So yeah. you're 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 I'm Gen, Gen X. X. Yeah. The yeah. last generation that did anything. That's right. Good. So you're saying you're as old as Joe here? You guys. Well, I'm just saying we're part of a generation that doesn't 
lie their ass off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, if we can believe you, what's your scene, Red Herd? Uh, this past week in Celebration of America it was the annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition. Oh, yes. Joey the Jaws Chestnut took home his 16th title. He's a Fulton County, Kentucky native. Are you? Wait, are you serious? Did you I know? I did not know that. Born in Fulton County, Kentucky, Joey Jaws Chestnut took he's, home the title. He's got to come here and eat Western some hot dogs. Kentucky. It sounds Talk to me to like that when we have American Pride Month yeah. next year, we're going to have to get Joey... After he, he wins, he Nathan's this to is, come to Kentucky. This is the beauty of having American Pride Month. We yep, have a chance yep, to celebrate it's our people. Just do it like the it's sort of like the like the triple crown of, of in horse racing. You have like the set, <laughs> the, the next weekend. You'll be sort of like the the next. Leg what would, of the what would he crown. eat when he came here? Bratwurst. <laughs> and then where's the third? Hot leg? Browns or? I don't did know. You, that. Did you say hot browns? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot brown eating contest. That you would, dip it in water. Yeah, right. That would, that would not he, work. He dip ate. it in the sauce. You need a different kind of sausage for this. You have a hot dog. You have a bratwurst. <laughs> you know, you need something. I'm just saying. All right, uh, all right. He, he ate 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes, which was off his personal best because there was a rain delay at this thing that said uh, he said it threw off his game. Uh, but last year, it was his glory year. There was a protester up on stage. Do you remember this? And he like. He put him in a chokehold. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He took down the protester, stood up for America, he won the hot dog eating contest the for the 16th he, year. He dunked the protester in a glass of water and then <laughs> devoured in one bite the protester. And after the contest still this year, there. he said the best thing. He knew he was off his best. He said, I still got some room. I'm going to go home and drink some beer. <laughs> there you have it. A Fulton County native. Yep. I've always assumed he was a New Yorker, New Yorker. or New Jersey Coney guy. Island, yeah. But I, but I, I guess it's just because of where I see him every yep. day. Huh. Sean? I don't want to go after that. You don't have anything? Nah, I have something, but it's not. No, 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 no. Come on. Let's hear it. No, you're going to make fun of me. <laughs> That's, well, at yes. this point, I mean, that, either, either it would way. be a first for this podcast, That's honestly. Right. So. so there was the, the season finale of one of my favorite uh, BBC shows. Oh, my God. You should not. <laughs> <laughs> is Downton Abbey still on? I told you. It, what is it, like Inspector what's Gadget? The, what what's it? the name of it? Endeavor, but it's Inspector Morse. No, say it like <laughs> they say it. Endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, All right. So what about it? It just the the season finale of the whole thing. It's been a show for like six or seven years. But oh, this is, is it a detective show? This is yeah. this is like it's a, a murder mystery is show this a set series in Oxford. Finale. It's like the last one ever. Yes. Yeah. Does, does anyone have superpowers? No. It's it's all no. Mm. It's all just you. You'd be shocked at how many people get murdered in Oxford. I love I love to listen to British people talk. Do you actually watch it with subtitles or do you just listen to the English? <laughs> I have to watch it with the subtitles. I do. That's what I'm saying. Some of the well, you know very... that us millennials, us millennials, like watch everything with subtitles now. You know, I read the other day about this. Yes. Apparently, some change in the technology of television over the last several years has changed the way voices so, are rendered on the sound, and and because I have time, a hard time hearing things. People right. say I can't hear it. It's apparently a real thing due to it, some change in the I, technology. I, I thought I was just getting old. Nope. It's huh. not that. It's, I, I, it doesn't come through anymore. Does it have something to do with like the music being so loud? It has something to do with like the way the, the voices and the, the and the, the mixing, rest of the, the mixing, and and the way it's rendered and then comes out to you. The voices are now basically drowned out by the. I have to pull it. We can talk about it next week. But yes, it's a real phenomenon. That's, that's but the something. commercials are always loud enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's. So do you recommend this Inspector Gadget? <laughs> <laughs> I do actually. So it's it's a third spinoff of an original show that ran all the way from the nine like late eighties. Like Doctor to, Who? What is it? The original show was called Morse. Each uh-huh. episode's two hours long. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> and that that show ran for like 
10 and a half years or something like that. And, and you, there was a spinoff from that. Do you have like BritBox? How do you watch yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, BritBox. Okay. Or it's, it's on PBS. I'm sorry, what? BritBox. It's like Netflix, but you can get in this country and watch British TV. You know BritBox. You're yes, a cultured person. Of course I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to American Pride Month. Oh, man. I, I told you I didn't want so to talk So you're watching this. the hot dog contest <laughs> on ESPN. You are watching BritBox. I'm watching like people get murdered in Oxford at a rate that like rivals Louisville, Kentucky. Ugh. And Scott and I are watching the Cardinals lose another other game. So. I know. Man, go. it's the worst. Terrible. All right. For Sean, Kevin, and Scott, I'm Joe. Have a wonderful, prideful, American pride-filled month. Follow me on threads. Fly Over Country with Scott Jennings is a production of Bluegrass Media Lab, coming to you from the heart of Middle America, Louisville, Kentucky. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Fly Over Country on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Mm-hmm.